Salam and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by The Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host, Salim Qasim. And uh, before we get underway with this week's podcast, um, I do mention it pretty much every episode at some point in the podcast. Um, but in the top of the, the episode distri- description um, is a, a link to our supporters page, I think, on the website. Um, and and the ask every time, I guess, is for, for people, because I, I think now, especially with the podcast, we're growing um, our sort of regular listener base. Um, and I think people generally, uh, well, I hope they enjoy podcasts if, if maybe they're just listening to um, laugh at me. Um, if so, then thank you, I guess. But if you do enjoy the content and the, the guests and the topics and everything else, um, and generally the Muslim vibe would really appreciate your support any small amount um on a regular basis would go a really long way to to helping us in creating more content and growing our team um and being able to do more of what we love for 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 you um ultimately uh so yeah please do um support and uh thank you i guess in advance um for doing so now uh, with regards to today's episode, and I apologize by the way, guys, I have there's quite a few podcasts we have in the pipeline, um, but things are just incredibly busy right now, um, and it's a little bit difficult finding the time to, to book uh, guests in and do the work beforehand, the prep work and everything else. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to do as, as much as possible, um, but I, I appreciate that there are a couple of weeks when we don't have episodes. Um, so apologies again for that. Um, yeah, so looking at today's episode, um, I'm joined by a sister called Fahima Muhammad, who is a life coach and a relationship coach. Um, but we're talking about a topic that I think is relatively taboo in the community, um, talking about divorce um, and specifically life after divorce. Um, Fahima <clears throat> has been through a divorce herself and shares um, a little bit about her story and her experience and raising her kids and everything else. And we also talk generally about societally why there is this issue and this taboo when it comes to uh, divorce um, and I guess how we can overcome the, the stigma to an extent. Um, so I, I think that's it really. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Fahima. Assalamu Fahima. Alaikum salam. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, so we're talking about, I guess, what is but shouldn't be a bit of a, a taboo and a sticky topic um, mm-hmm. within the Muslim community. Um, and it's actually you reached out to us um, saying that you wanted to or, or you thought that we should be doing content talking about yes. uh, divorce. Yeah, I said bring anyone on. Yeah, you, you, you were like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be me, but bring yes. anyone to talk about yeah, this issue because it's, 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 it's underdone. Um, but specifically, you said life after divorce. Yes. Um, and I thought uh, it's I, I mean, we've we've had written content on the website um, talking about divorce, mm-hmm. but I think we nece- we haven't necessarily done enough um, in, to- in in terms of having the conversation because I think whenever it comes to like looking at things from a, an Islamic perspective yes. and talking about divorce, it's always prevention. Absolutely. Um, and how do we keep couples together? How do we mend relationships? And I know that's something that you you're now actively working in yes. as well as a relationship mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but divorces still do happen. 
Um, and, and like I said to you, we had, we had a call a few days ago. I was saying that even, you know, I've, I've seen divorces, um, people that are close to me getting divorced and I've never known how to react and respond. And I think there's, there is that. So like, if you're not necessarily the person who's gone through a divorce, you might know somebody who has. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and if you've been in that situation, you'll know that kind of uncomfortable feeling within where you don't know how you're meant to be with the person that you know from the relationship and then the, the ex-partner who mm-hmm. you were familiar with but now you know it, it it's, it's yeah, the dynamics. yeah dynamics absolutely um, so i i think it's it's worth just jumping in um and and probably the best place to start would be i guess uh, a little bit about your own mm-hmm. uh story and journey and, mm-hmm. and and i guess why you wanted to 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 for us to highlight this this particular topic well like you mentioned there's a lot that talks um happens around divorce which is about you know prevention and also the um the statistics that come out to show that after divorce children are in a particular way which is negative Mm. and things like that which to an extent is true but that is not the whole picture and dealing with um, divorcees and uh, potential people and understanding human mind behavior and learning how society is, I feel that there's so much more to a story outside and after divorce, which we are not speaking about. So um, we always talk about it from the beginning stages. And obviously, I also am all for, you know, married life and keeping that unit together. But unfortunately, people do get divorced and it's not... um, like as if it's unfamiliar and it's more and more now, even though it's it's a bad thing to break your homes, but sometimes it's necessary. And sometimes, you know, people are put in situations that it's not their fault and they have to deal with it and they have to move on. Mm. So how do you move on? Um, especially with the external factors and the stigmas and everyone that sees particular people in a, in a certain way. Um, my particular story, I wouldn't say is the norm because of my personal character, personality, or even just generally how I am. Um, But it's good to share, to sort of show that it does continue. And even with people that are quite positive afterwards and they're living life okay with it, they're still quite held back, especially Muslim women. If they are, you know, professionally well-to-do after divorce and they're managing okay and they're all right in a particular way, they still wouldn't want to talk about it. And they still feel like they are looked upon as second class or they looked upon differently. My personal stories, yes, I've been divorced now for five years. Um, and it was painful. It wasn't my choice. It wasn't something that I wanted or expected. I didn't come from a bad marriage or abusive sort of relationship or anything like that. It took me by surprise and shock. Um, there were aspects of it where maybe I probably lacked or had my shortcomings or, you know, ignored some of the red flags or whatever it may be. But it was only in the last maybe six months before divorce that I actually... Um, had to deal with certain challenges and then, you know, made aware that the circumstances was just something that was against my values and I had to obviously discontinue. Um, I did still fight for it regardless, but in the end, again, it wasn't my choice and, you know, it ended off where we did divorce. We went back and forth and the pain wasn't just mine and the, the discourse of the whole journey wasn't just mine. It was also my two children who were just five and seven at the time. Mm. Very young, two boys. And we had a very close-knit family relationship and um, it it wasn't like as if to say that if I was divorced, it wouldn't make a difference. It made a huge impact and difference and as it would to any family life. But even more so I felt with me because, you know, he's a good father and he still is. And, you know, there was attachment with the children. But when the divorce happened, I was left 
with dealing with not just my own emotions, but also helping my children through it. So there was, you know, uh, people always say that there is a similarity of grief, of death with, you know, regards to divorce as well, because there's different stages that you go through. And I kind of knew that and I went past it very quickly and rapidly. And that's because I was very determined to understand that this probably happened for a reason. And I had to obviously try and be positive and be on autopilot at the same time and not just look at my life just for me and my ego state and what was meant to be or a broken promise or what should be. It had to be for the children. If I can just jump in for a second, I think um, specific circumstances aside, when when obviously anyone enters into marriage, the thought is always that this is for life. This is like the journey I'm now going on. Yes. Um, I guess for people that haven't uh, been in in that situation or haven't been on the brink in terms of a, a breakdown in their relationship, whatever that mm-hmm. might be, what's what's the feeling like in terms of 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 when you kind of realize this is happening? I you know I'm now going through a divorce yeah. in terms of like how because I think. With, with a lot of things, it's always about what people are going to say, how I'm going to be perceived, yes. all of that kind of stuff. What was that experience like? For me, I'm not the kind of person that really worries about what people think and feel. I'm very strong with my own meaning and belief. For me, it was more shock because I'm more about, I understood that person, I knew that person, and it was more disappointment, anger, pain, grief, you name it. I had and gone through it all and mm. in very, very quick stages. And yes, it, there was even a point of embarrassment as well as to, oh my gosh, now I'm a divorcee, but that's not my status. And I don't like that status, I'm single. That's what happened, but I'm single and that's that. And now I had to live a different life, but I still had to involve my ex. I still had to be um, creating a new type of relationship. And it wasn't just for me, it was also majority. And I do everything as a responsible parent for the, you know, for my children and all my choices are for that. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, everybody is in that built in that way, or we all have weaknesses and we all have shortcomings. Mm. Um, I'm not here to bash anybody or, you know, basically set a call out anybody. It's just how I see it and my story and there's my meaning and anyone else can give their own sort of judgment to that. Um, that's my view of the world and how things I remember. Um, at the end of the day, I really do feel that it's more about how people perceive um, people that are divorced, which is a problem. And I think that um, going through what I had to go through and help myself and go through some development courses and build a career of it where I'm helping others. And it wasn't just in relationships, but that was one of the things that I found most clients come to me for Mm. was, you know, trying to sort out their relationships, whether they were in the brink of of divorce or, you know, after it. So I was just going to say, I think you've you've kind of skipped over a little bit there in terms of um, what what you had mentioned to me when we spoke was that... um, after divorce, mm-hmm. as you said, that you you had to, I guess, pick up the pieces and yes. and, and, and process yes. the situation you were in. Yes. Um, and and you from there kind of embarked on a course of of studying life coaching. Yes. I did. I did. Um, I just looking for a career and it kind of came to my path where I was um, sort of fell into it, really. I had no clue what it was about. Most people that studied it, they understood what it was. I Mm. didn't. I had to do a lot of research and grounding work from scratch. But was that, did did you come to that as a sort of seeing or thinking that, okay, this is something I need to go No, absolutely not. I honestly looked at it as just a career. 
Really? Yeah. I didn't know it was actually going to actually heal me as well as heal or turn into a career to heal others or it would even coincide with what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. But it just did because as I learned more about it and picked up the ideas that I had to also have coaching. So in a way, I was, you know, put in situations where I had to be uncomfortable and talk about my feelings, um, which really did help. And so I'm not doing anything just by theory. I had to go through the process myself and still do yeah. um, on many levels. I'm, I don't really um, preach just from you know theory. I'm actually preaching and talking from experience as well and dealing with all types of levels. So it, it literally, I, I, all I can say is I pray and I ask for certain things and I guess it was just put in my path and it was just meant to be because I honestly was just looking for a new career and I was even prior to any of this that happened and I knew I didn't want to do, be doing anything um, in business where I had to be away from my children and I didn't want to do selling online or doing anything like that because I understood what business was about. Um, so I wanted something like a service, for ex but I honestly did not plan anything. It just fell into place and I, I took to it very easily yeah. and it made sense very easily and even it made me change as a person one thing one example was how do you listen how do you uh, respond how do you understand so I was like this is about human behavior this is about the way in which we think and feel and it got me to uh, be more of who I was but then I had the terminology and the language and then I had to also change my behavior in order to do that and in the end it brought out me being more compassionate, more understanding, more empathetic. And I was putting uncomfortable situations myself to even, um, you know, figure out what was my part in even the whole journey. So it was very I, I uncomfortable. Think, I, I think what's, what's very interesting, um, I like to think I'm getting a bit older now in life. I, I'm <laughs> over 30 now and it's, 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 uh, it's progressed me into like level two of life. Um, and with that, I'm, I'm starting to see that a lot of people experience things. Yes. Uh, people experience crazy things in their lives. Yes. But not many people, as I see it at least, actually process yeah. what they're experiencing and deal with it as well. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. you can you can you can have the death information. Of one, yeah. But it's like that's something that's happened to you, mm -hmm. but then how you process that and grow from the experience. Because yes. people often get stuck. Like the, 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 the death of a of a loved one, for example, you see that for years, people haven't actually processed the grief and moved on and, and, and grown from it and learned from yeah. it. And they're still kind of stuck and they hold on to things and whatever yes. else. Um, and, and I definitely feel like um, even with, with things like divorce and whatever else, there is an element of that. And, and, and you mentioned um, the response of society and people. I think we're going to, I, I want to discuss that a little we'll bit later. It, yeah. But before we kind of get into that, um, I wanted to, to talk about... Um, because uh, like you said, right, we we have all the stuff beforehand on, on preventing divorce. But then after divorce has happened, there's not really like a lecture series you can watch online no. from a chef that talks about life after divorce. No, they don't. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned your your uh, your former partner being the, the father of, of, of your two kids, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and and when we spoke on the phone, you, you talked about co-parenting. Yes. And in fact, you mentioned it in your email and that was one of the words that I looked at. And I was like, OK, I, I don't know what this is. Really? Um, I'm surprised. I, I've never, because <laughs> the thing is, it, it's one of those things where you don't, if you haven't been through it up close and sure. personally, you don't really mm -hmm. know the, the technicalities yeah. of how this all works. So 
how I mean how does that how, how does it work because I you, don't know if it's a thing I don't know I've you know I've come across the terminology obviously and yeah. I feel that you know this is what we do the relationship is not between me and him anymore but there's a relationship because we have children mm. and we still need to talk to each other and it has to be healthy respectful and we have to have clear boundaries and um, we are actually very very much uh, still a team and it's not just um, you know really because you know we want to just make sure that we get along for the sake of it it is really to do with the children and we both have certain principles which i feel i didn't choose wrong in you know in my in my partnership in the in the past with him mm. because we can still come after that tragedy or challenge and still work together even though it was through pain healing or you know anger whatever it may be from both sides but i guess the, the question for, for me sorry to cut you off but the no, question then is that in a, like I'm thinking about my, how I parent with my wife, right? We kind of come up with a strategy together. We say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to discipline yeah. our kid. This is how we're going to make sure she sleeps on time. All of this yeah, kind of yeah, stuff, whatever. Yeah. If you're then kind of parenting Separate. your kids separately, you might have different ideas. There's, there still needs to be that kind of synergy. That's what I mean. We still have the same principles. And majority of the time... Uh, when we were married, it was like 99% on me with regards to certain things. And he was quite happy with the way in which I ruled the house, in a sense, yeah. uh, with my, you know, children's upbringing. And I'm quite, you I'm know, militant. I'm not like I have much of a say. That's what I'm trying to, to say. Like in, yeah, things. exactly. Yeah. It's quite normal. Yeah. So he was quite happy knowing that even with this divorce, I was quite capable to manage on my own hmm. and do things because I did take on majority of that role anyways. So it was more about him just, uh, you know, doing the similar things, but obviously he had to learn on his own because a lot of the times when he did have the kids over a period of time, like, you know, on the weekends and he was managing himself you know we had to go back and forth and you know he didn't have the understanding as much as he thinks he did because he was out of the house working and I doubt I dealt with that so we did have to have probably more communication that we did before mm. and this time it wasn't just you know one parent putting the effort in it was actually two parents putting 100% in and in a way if you did it well mm. the children can come out even better because you know in a household majority of the time you will find that it was only one parent Holy. that does most of the things yeah. but i made sure that he was involved from day one and he did play a part and he did have a role and i did not use the kids as a tool as easy as it was for me or many other people to do that because mm. i knew what it meant and i understood the development and what the impact was on children and unless unless it's like really extreme detrimental cases which is quite rare where it's danger for the child, there is absolutely no parent that goes through divorce that should use their children as a tool. And that's what I see. And even if they say the children, they don't want to see their dad. I'm sorry, you as a parent, you have that, you know, that sort of like um, responsibility to keep it fair and just because it will only come back to you. But I guess I guess the counter narrative to that is that if, for example, you see your partner as being toxic, or you see your That's what I said, as, as for being, extreme circumstances, yeah. not because no, of the but, no, consequences. But, so so when, when I say that, I don't, mean ex, I, don't, I don't mean in the extreme of like harm or anything like that. But you know, if you see um, your partner as someone who is a liar, for example, mm -hmm. right? And, and you've seen that because you've experienced that through the breakdown of your relationship, you're naturally going to be concerned that those attributes are going to be passed on to your children. Yes. And so you would you would not want your children to be influenced by your partner. Does that make sense? I understand completely what you're saying. And it does play a part. And what you're saying is 100% correct. Because it's always going to play on your yes, mind, right? Yes, 100%. But it depends what kind of parent you are. And the way I look at it is that 
each one will have their influence. But depending on that kind of person, whatever, you know, my ex-partner was and whatever, you know, caused the breakdown of the marriage was a different life. It wasn't the life that he would show to his children or be in front of, you know, a public sort of, you know, arena, for example. Mm. So it wasn't like as if, you know, he was out there wild and or anything, nothing like that at all. And he has got a really good character and he does bring himself across really well. And in that sense, I still could trust him with the children. And I knew that he, you know, no person is going to harm them, especially him. If I thought that, then yes. Whether he had certain traits that maybe me and her, and him had a disconnect i knew that he still had values and principles where he, you know even up till today every parent has you know some sort of you know baggage or skeleton that they're not proud of but they will still want the best for their children of course yeah. so they will do that and that's how i also want to bring up my children in the situation where in the future they will learn of what's happened and make their own judgment but i'm like you still have to respect him and his family, and you still have, I bring them up that way. And you do not make a judgment because they can do the same thing tomorrow. And I don't want them to be characterized over one incident as a whole. And I'm not going to do that to my ex. And yes, it did take me time to get to that point mm. too. It was a learning journey. I, I, that's what I was about to say. I, I feel like there's a lot of maturity that's required, um, especially when dealing with uh, a, 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 an ex-spouse. Yes. When you've been through a breakdown in your relationship yes. to then actually... Because that, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like it, people always say when people get divorced, like in the early years of marriage before having kids, thank God they don't have kids. Yes. Because, oh, yes. because it requires uh, a lot of, I guess, character Absolutely. to be able to work with your mm. your former spouse yeah. in raising kids and, and not being petty and not dragging all of your baggage. And as you said, weaponizing your kids ultimately yes. um, to kind of turn them on their the father or their mother yeah. because he or she did this or that of course um but it's interesting and i th i think i um, told you my case was unique you yeah. have to be a different kind of mindset uh having a different kind of mindset different kind of person and you really got to put yourself aside and i do find with a lot of people that are divorced again it is the blame game it is the victim sort of like, you know, um, sort of making themselves out to be the victim, even if they are. But at the end of the day, you have emotions and you can't control your emotions, but you have to know how to manage that. And then it comes down to not just self-development, but your own belief system. Okay, yeah. if you are also saying you come from a particular faith, then this is when, when you are faced with a challenge, this is when those things come into play. And I really had to work on my own sort of grounding and my foundation in order to be, because even though I said, yes, it's taken time, but from day one, I had to act responsible and I had to act in sort of like view of what it would be like for my children to hear me be in that way. And yes, it's kind of opposite because you think if you were getting on so well, then maybe you could have stayed together, but that's a separate issue. We just had to be separate in the relationship that we were from before, but then we still had to operate together. And a lot of it had to be me because I could have easily swayed from one to the next and he could have responded badly. And there were times that it was like that because, you know, I, I had to also um, be human as much as I was autopilot. And there were certain things that, you know, I was like, why is it always on me that I have to deal with this and I have to be the responsible one and I have to, you know, deal with the kids' emotions and I have to bring them out of certain things. And, you know, he's just carrying on. But he had his own journey and he had his own, you know, system where he had to do, which I will never maybe understand or know, but I have some sort of, you know, way of trying to have the empathy as well. 
which is very difficult that I, I would say, say that, that it's so difficult like it is not easy yeah. it is not easy but when you know your kids love the other parent how dare somebody takes that away as well so I had to really dig deep as to what was my own belief system what was I doing and what was my purpose and meaning in this world after this situation I think what's 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 really fascinating as well is that when when I think when you're married um and like so i'm thinking about for myself when i'm thinking about uh or if i ever in case my wife is listening if i was to ever <laughs> think about divorce or whatever else you kind of you you, you think quite selfishly initially, yes, right absolutely you're always thinking about oh yeah i'll be happy i'll be this i'm not saying that if my wife is listening but you know what i mean like you're always thinking yes. about the grass is green or whatever else yes um but when you when you bring kids into the narrative then you have things like you know but the kids will have two families that love them because yes. you've got your family and yes. you've got your in-laws mm-hmm. and you're in you're inevitably going to have to overlap and yes. pick your kid up from your ex-mother-in-law's yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. that, that kind of, of stuff course. depending yes. on what the nature is yes um and and i guess that's got to be um i don't want to say difficult but i think you know for, for it can for, be awkward but no but not only that but i mean for the kids like where, and I think this is where again there's that kind of societal issue that we have. Yeah. That there is this understanding of what's normal. Yeah. Um, and what's normal is that you have parents that live together, and you have extended families, yes. and you go over and you see everyone. Of course. Um, but how do you? And, and your kids were young. You said five and seven. Yeah, I think, very right? young. How, how do you explain to kids at that age? Um, I, I guess yeah. How do you explain to them what's happened and, mm-hmm. and why their parents now live apart and. And the whole, how, how do the family dynamics work as well? Well, it's more about trying to understand and process what they are thinking first. And you don't want to bombard a child with information, which most parents do, because they think that that's what they need as an explanation. They need everything. They need and they need everything. Yeah. And they don't. All they need is to be heard and understood. And that's what coaching allowed me to do. So I drew out things from them. And then if they weren't able to speak as one didn't want to and the other one did, um, I just felt that I had to share a little bit of my feelings as well and be showing my vulnerabilities that it's okay to feel sad or cry or miss or, you know, feel awkward that it's, you know, we're not together going out and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but to make it that it's okay and it's different is fine. And, you know, this is why I always wanted to teach my children a lot of sort of um, life lessons. But I'm grateful that in a way this allowed them to have those life lessons at a young age that now when they become teenagers, they are ready because they know about resilience. They know about difficulties and adversity and how to cope and deal. So I turned it around to say that even if there's difficulty, even if you're going to study for a whole year and you get a, a fail, you're going to be okay and you're going to deal with it. So that's the kind of analogy I used with this situation. And the fact that I always had to make them understand that it was not them and the dad did not, you know, not love them and not care for them. And yes, everyone can say, well, he could have chosen the children and he could have stayed. He's got his own thing and I can't be there to judge and I'm not here to speak on his behalf and he's got his own story. Mm. Um, And there's many people that could say these things and I may have chosen differently, another man would have chosen differently, but I was given a choice in a situation which I had no control over to make the best out of it. And I did that with the understanding of you know, human nature, behavior, child, you know, psychology development and understanding that at the end of the day, 
my meaning and purpose. And I did have to take away my ego. I had to take away my attitude. I had to be considerate for the other, just like you would in a marriage. Mm -hmm. But you know, people forget that, that when they're not married, you have to consider your children. And just as you said that you consider the lies, whatever, but if it's not from the, the spouse, they're also gonna get it from maybe outsiders. They're gonna get it, get it from friends. And I'm like, you're gonna go into school and not like a child that's there or a teacher. They're not gonna go away. Cause if they go away, you haven't learned how to deal with it. Cause when you go to work, you have have to earn and you can't say I can't work with that colleague so I have a different outlook and I'll take in life where I don't sugarcoat things and I don't mollycoddle them and I don't put them in bubble wrap so in a way I always wanted that kind of treatment for them but this forced it so that I had to actually really now sort of like um, you know take that practical step to teach them different life lessons and talk to them in that sort of language and even more so now that they can't even remember that it was a bad situation. That's how far they've come. And we, my ex and myself, we went to self-development courses with the children. And they're like, mama, I don't need this because you're a coach and you've taught us everything. I said, but even still, I want you to hear other people's stories, other children's stories, so that you know you're not the only one. Because there's always something that maybe I haven't shared because I was so invested in making sure that whatever statistics are out there, that's not going to happen to my kids. And even I don't believe those statistics either because it comes from a particular a demographic or a particular stage in a, a divorcee's life. And that's why when people are giving lectures and talking about these things and bringing that up, I think it's very much one-sided and it's not a holistic view because mm. as many people that do survive, it's not the end of the world. And I don't support divorce, but it happens and we have to continue, but we've got to continue healthily. And the kids don't come out, out of bad, uh, you know, out of, come out badly or negatively because of divorce. They come out badly because of, you know, bad relationships, bad connections. I, I was, I was going to say on that note, I, I think what's, what's interesting is that I feel like you're alluding to the fact that when it comes to dealing with divorce, especially for kids, there needs to be, like we discussed that maturity earlier, but it, it's about how the children are parented yes. through the experience. Yes. And, and so it's, it's not that um, intrinsically in itself, the experience of divorce is necessarily uh, going to have a detrimental impact on yes. kids, but actually the psychological impact that it has on the parents mm -hmm. and how they then in turn um, realize that with their kids and, yeah. and like, you know, I, I think that's when, yeah. that's when you have like the issues that kind of come up, um, especially when there is that kind of, if you turn a kid against one parent or whatever else. Yes. Um, so I'm just trying to think, because I, I, I want to just focus on, 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 on the, the kind of the child element a little bit more, because sure. I, I think it's when we're looking at the, the wider circle, so mm -hmm. this is like the mm -hmm. family members and everybody else. I think what's also or what also can be alarming, like for I mean, give the example of adoption, right? So I, I know, for example, kids that have or the grown adults now that mm -hmm, were adopted mm -hmm. from a very young age, yeah, and they found out they were adopted from school. You know, like someone somehow found out yes. a parent might have told a yes. kid, and the kid tells that kid, "Oh, you know, you're adopted." Um, and I think even with things like divorce as well, you can you can equip and protect your kids. Yes. Um, and you know, you were talking just now about how your kids should be listened to. The first thing you said is that it's not about what you tell them, but it's about listening to them and yeah. them knowing that they are heard and mm -hmm. safe and whatever else. 
but how do you then i guess protect and and deal with the external the threat of Mm -hmm. um, the external you talk about this again um i always say like even if i'm talking about now in my shows quite taboo extreme you know topics and it might reach my children as to your mom is talking about this that and the other and i'm like well i'm doing it from this perspective and i do i'm quite open with them about a lot of things that most parents are not especially in a muslim home and it actually has forced me to uh step over the boundaries not just in my shows but in my own household and address issues and situations which they won't normally be accustomed to or in the normal circumstance you know speaking about because i know that um if they don't hear it from me in the correct way they're going to hear it outside and then as i know how human development and behavior works you can hear one story and you can use that as an excuse and that can really you know determine your future and how you see people and then you can blame them why didn't you say it like this why didn't you do it? and i can't cover all aspects but i do it in a way where they realize that you know what well, you're going to come across certain things and for your age this is what you need to know right now and if mm-hmm. anything we have a relationship and a connection and a rapport that if there's something that's not right and if you don't like from either side we talk and we discuss it and i've even you know encouraged them to do that with their dad as well Um, you know, whether or not he's been open with them or not, that's a different story. But I am very open. But then again, it comes from, you know, a personality, a mindset, a growth, a development on many areas, whether it's from faith, whether it's from normal psychology or understanding, and also having a limiting belief. And when we are putting these cultures and these norms and these traditions, a lot of us do stick to it. Even in this generation, you have, you know, family members, you have people like, but it's not normal and it shouldn't be like that. Like, who says? which even religion says that you cannot still be friends and you cannot still have connections because your children still have relatives from the other side. Mm. So we don't need to be enemies, but people want to put fuel to the fire or add poison for their own stupid ignorance. And it just damages, again, the children who are your relatives. So instead of making it easier, no one's saying we need to be, you know, best friends. But even if they were, what is the issue there yeah. at the end of the day? But I guess the difficulty there as well then is that like, you know, like I think there was a, a little bit of anger when you were speaking. Not anger, but you know what I mean? I could feel the, passionate. the, the, I could feel the passion there. But, <laughs> but on, on the topic of um, like people's responses and things that people say, and especially like, you know, in the Muslim community, it's a very small community. People talk. Yes. And and the difficulty often is that we can't control what people say yes. and, and what might get back to your kid and whatever else. And 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 what's what's even more difficult I guess is that like you you can't tell people to not say the things they're going to say or to not interfere. Well, I'm not preparing my kids for them to be uh like I said if I don't sugarcoat things and you know keep them in bubble wrap, they're certainly going to go out there and they're going to be ready for anything that they yeah. hear. That's the thing. So if you do it from your home, outside is not going to affect them. But that's what people don't understand. They protect them so much that when they do go outside, they do get hurt. And I that's guess, what yeah, it's about. I, I think that's probably the problem or, or like the the, the 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 wrong attitude that people have is yes. that it's about protecting where actually it's about preparing. Exactly. Because you can't, you don't know what's going to no, be don't. said, what's going to happen. That's really interesting. Um, I told you I have a different mindset. <laughs> <laughs> so th- th- there was there was a couple more things. I, I think I, I wanted to kind of uh, because of your work in kind of um, couples. It's not therapy. It's coaching. Coaching couples and relationship coaching. Couples and relationship coaching. Um, I, I think what would be interesting as well, since we're on the topic of of divorce, mm-hmm. um, is, is also talking a little bit about some of the the red flags and the ways in which relationships break down. And I mm-hmm. guess also like, you know, if, if someone 
is listening to this and is in a yeah. situation where they're like, okay, is my relationship finished? Like, is there is there salvation? Can we yeah. somehow? Yeah. Like, what what are the kind of prevalent themes that you've come across in the work that you? All do? I know is it's so simple. If two people want to make it work, they'll make it work, and they'll just you know try and do whatever it takes. And a lot of people that are still even separated, they haven't been divorced because they're still trying different methods. And there are some people that just won't give up, and there's other people that just want out, and the other partner is fighting for it. So it really does depend. But I just think a relationship works no matter how bad it is. Is if two people really want to make it work and then they do as much as they can to make it work and I help facilitate that and at the same time it does take time it just depends on the circumstances and whatever habits that people have they have to you know you know look within themselves to see if that can be worked out um, and if not again people think that we're divorced that's it it's the end no because you also need to seek that therapy afterwards or some sort of coaching or whatever counseling mediator whatever you want to turn to because afterwards really matters of course there's a pyramid if you're young and you're divorced without children there may not be that much to worry about mm. when you're older and you've got kids or you've been invested for many years there's a lot more to consider and also i think it depends also with the gender you know guys support guys even after divorce unfortunately it's not like necessarily like that with women you know the invites are not the same you know year after year it's less and less or they look at you differently or you're a threat or you're intimidating or whatever it may be or you just looked as not as one of the married women and maybe it wasn't like that particularly at the beginning in my case but it certainly ended up like that due, due to certain individuals you know poking and wanting it that way for whatever reason um but i hear generally with women that are divorced in the Muslim community. And the reason why I wanted this topic, because it's not just about me, it really isn't. It may have started like this, but it's so many women that come out and they are just, you know, put themselves in a particular corner because that's where they are only seen to be. And even if someone puts me in that corner, I'm certainly not one to stay there. I know, but not everyone has that, you know, that sort of like way of thinking or, you know, the initiative or even the confidence and the self-love and the self-esteem. And even I remember in our conversation, you said, no matter what the consequences of divorce, the woman is always blamed for it. And that's the other thing. It's like we hold that responsibility. And to a certain extent, there's accountability. But I just think it comes down to values. And if no one can match my value because my value is high, my principles high, I'm not going to be in that situation. So I'm out of that. It doesn't bother me what anyone else does. As long as I can bring up my kids where they have the best and, you know, the other partner is doing the same. And he definitely is. And we work as a team and we are supporting each other, which he doesn't need to even support me in what my work is and what I do. But he does. And we've gone through that adversity and we've come out starting as friends and ending up as friends. And my kids even notice that. And for me, I don't even think some households that that are together even have, have that, that relationship kind of friendship. Yeah. and friendship so you know and it's very difficult for people to understand it really is but i have his back and he's got mine you, you spoke just now about um and you know we're talking about the kind of societal um perceptions yeah. and whatever else and you know one, one of the points that that you mentioned that i said to you on the phone is that i think what i've observed at least when it comes to divorces is that the the assumption is always that the woman yeah. or, or it's always put on the woman whatever the circumstance yes. the woman didn't do enough didn't make her man yeah. happy in the bedroom yeah. wasn't exactly wasn't didn't cook well you know whatever it might of be of course of course and, and it, I, I think what's what's really sad about that is that often these things are perpetuated by both men but also a oh lot, a lot women. of women as well and no, 100%. But that, but I, I was gonna say i think in, no in, in i know that for circles, a fact. there is that kind of um <laughs> They don't have each other's back. As you said, I think with, with guys, regardless of what's yep. happened in the relationship, yes. the friends will kind of come around and support oh, yeah. their, their male 100%. friend. But then 
women don't seem to do that would that be a fair thing to be to say? fair in my case i didn't have that like i said at the beginning i did have you know women and friends and family even from the other side on you know with me and mm. you know it was very i had that support but you know obviously that didn't last very long because you know other people did not like that and they got involved to break that and again how strong was that relationship to be broken and i guess yes blood is th- thicker than water but it's all about principles as well mm. and at the end of the day i just uh, think people say they stick by principles they have principles but then show it because it's not about that it's about what's right what's just and you know i i live by that i talk for those people that don't have those voices and I, and topics and bring out certain things because i am all for that and i have you know my meaning and purpose in life for that and i'm sort of bringing up you know whatever i do whatever decisions and choices i make and i hope to continue in that way it is for the benefit of my children So and I want them to be you know brought up in a way knowing that you know if you don't see a role model be one if you don't find one you know really take that role upon yourself and there's no excuse mm-hmm. whether it's divorce whether it's this whether it's that and if they're going to hit teenagers I'm sorry you got no excuse you're fine and you're going to deal with this and there's no issues and if there is we will sort it out but I think external factors it's just limiting mindsets and traditions and cultures and just people that are always keeping themselves in their bubbles and unfortunately our communities continuously do that and they think that's part of religion and it really isn't so let me ask you a question from from the perspective of um, supporting somebody so I, I again when we spoke um, on the phone I said that I, I think that this is something that's often quite difficult yeah because um if if we're related for example and you've been through a divorce i'm seeing this yeah. and i know that it's a very raw and um touchy subject for yourself yeah, yeah. i don't want to make things worse for you i don't want to upset you whatever else yeah. but i want to be there to support um and i think especially when it comes to things like dealing with raising children mm-hmm. um as if, if i was for example a male family member of yours I might want to say, you know, I can be there as a male role model in the house. I can yes. help pick up the slack, yes. whatever else. But I also wouldn't want to, and I'm, I'm thinking about how I would deal with yeah. this. I wouldn't want to overstep and and presume that you're not okay and that you need help. And you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, I get it. Look, it really does depend on the two parents because, you know, the other partner can say, I don't want my family near you and I don't want that. And that could just t- t- definitely stop in its, you know, in mm. its course, whatever. But with my ex, he's not like that. He did not interfere in that way. He did not stop people from what I know. And he wanted me to continue healthily because it was for the benefit of his children. But, but I mean, also for yourself, like I, I think the, the, the worry externally mm-hmm. is that you don't want to be seen to be pitying someone who has been to a divorce. Giving support is not pitying, okay? You, you know what I mean? Though. I get it's that. People do feel that. They yeah. feel that a lot. And I, it's very it's very funny that you say that. Again, a lot of people feel like, you know, they're coming to me because, oh, you know, I've heard women that are divorced say, oh, I don't want them to just come to me because they pity me. I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm. Do you understand? Because they have their own issues. Again, because if you don't deal with your own issues, you're always going to look at the negative and mm. you're going to project that on somebody else. It comes back to down that as well. That's why it's really important that in every stage in your life, you have to reboot your memory, your your discourse in your in your brain power and your thinking and your own traditions and your perspectives because we need to upgrade ourselves. And the only way we do that, unfortunately, is when we are, you know, um, sort of coming to adversity and challenges and people don't understand that that's actually when you grow and you learn because you're out of your habit, you're out of your comfort zone. So it's not a bad, bad, you know, a bad thing. But at the same time, I feel if you want to give support, just be normal and say, look, I'm here. 
Okay, and depending if you feel that you're from the other part, the other partner, and you don't want to overstep that friendship, it depends on the on that sort of like you know that sort of relationship as well. If you know you're not overstepping the mark, and you can see both sides, but yeah, everyone is just taking people's you know one side to the other. But now more and more you can change because there are more couples out there that I have seen. It is minimal, but it always starts minimal and it grows because you think, you know what? I've heard couples that actually go on holiday together as a family, even though they're divorced, just mm -hmm. for the sake of the children. They can invite each other to birthdays. They can have, you know, graduations together. They can see each other in certain situations. They can say hello and goodbye. And it doesn't have to be awkward. They can have a nice conversation. But that's only if you've dealt with your own stuff mm. okay and you can be mature and you can grow up and even if it's awkward you don't need to make it awkward people make things up and they just go in the course of things as what they've always seen and known but i like to break the norm and i want to do it not because out of oh um you know just to be seen or getting attention no it's because it's for the better and the good and it's all to do with the children and this is how society should live anyway there's nothing wrong as long as you've got the respect and you've got that sort of understanding and there are boundaries your children can be healthy and you can be together we don't have to be happy families like before but there are certain situations where you will meet and you don't have to feel like you have to avoid it or you have to you know disregard them or disinvite them or keep it separate all the time because you know there's groups that meet up all the time and it can still work it worked for me for at least a couple of years and it was fine and it was normal and no one said if anything it was an inspiration for other families to get together in that way until it was you know again someone's you know backward mindset had to sort of break that sort of way mm. but it could have continued and and why why do you think that it's such a, a difficult issue for people to discuss in the it's community it's fear it's embarrassment because obviously everyone thinks of a divorcee as a failure and it is to a certain extent it is but it depends maybe a failure in that moment mm -hmm. and even for whatever that person's done it was for that moment in time it's not their entire character and even that moment it doesn't mean it's got to fall through it doesn't define you for your future in fact a lot of people will choose divorcees to marry if they're wise enough because they know they, they've been there they've been through it it's something serious second time round. I've spoken to a lot of guys nowadays. They're like, you know, I should have gone for somebody who was divorced because they understand life. They mm. know what it's like and they're going to really make it work. And actually it can come out okay if you are like that. On the other hand, they say, well, if you're divorced and you're married again and again, then the, the second and the third is also going to be worse. But that's, again, not because of the divorce. It's because of the individual not sorting out their own stuff. And they're just going from one to the next without understanding what is the level. Learning. Yeah. So, you know, people really need to understand, you know, human mind behavior and, you know, the habits that we have. And that's why I feel powerful in what I do, because I can see both perspectives. I can't get angry anymore. I can't. I have an understanding. I have the empathy. I have a different perspective and I can see the other side. I have clients come to me with my exact same situation and I have empathy for the guy. And I can only do that. And I'm not saying, you know, and even through my situation, I don't hate men. I don't distrust men. I don't like feel that there's, oh, there's like something that's going to hold me back. I can start fresh tomorrow, you know, and this is how I feel. I've just chosen to be like this because still single, um, because opportunities were just not my match still. I, I think one thing you said just now that's quite interesting is about um, defining or, or being defined by divorce. Yeah. And I think that's something that's quite unfortunate and prevalent. Um, when it comes to well it's not just in the muslim community anywhere they're like are you married single divorce i'm like why is even divorced in the actual you know sort of like mm. status 
It should yeah. just be married or single. No one goes back and asks, what's your relationship before? And, but you know, it shouldn't be. It's also like how, how men and women who are divorced are then perceived, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like we said, there's, there's that instant association with, with failure or with, oh, there must be something wrong with them. And if there's not something wrong with them, it must be wrong with the other person. Yes. And, and, and even um, when, we, when, we la- when we spoke on the phone, you were saying that, you know, you, you don't, for example, define your husband yeah. by whatever happened in your relationship no, and vice yeah. versa mm-hmm. and that you you can appreciate that he is uh uh you know like you said he's the father of your children and he's a yeah. nice he's a, he's a good dad to them yes. or whatever else yes i think that's that's something that from what, at least what i've seen people that go through divorces often can't do because they don't heal it's not about that divorce that is bad you can be in relationships when people are living in really bad relationships married mm. okay and they're only staying together because it's convenient and they're scared of society and what it entails okay so they haven't dealt with their with whatever it is that they need to deal with and with people that come out of divorce unfortunately they still don't deal with it they think either jumping into a new relationship or finding something again to fulfill them it's all about the self and how you look at it and if you have that self-worth you know that value that you possess you have self-esteem you have confidence you know your meaning and purpose you stand for certain things in life i'm sorry nothing and no one's going to touch you and break you They might shake me a little bit. They might drop me. But boy, when I get up, it's a different story. And I do. I get up every time stronger. And that's how certain individuals are built. And they get themselves to that way of being. And there's very few of us like that, whether it's from divorce or any other sort of trauma. Dealt with people that are even come from suicide or, you know, mental uh, sort of like illnesses or, you know, some sort of depression, anxiety, or just, you know, being lonely. All of this comes into the same category is how do you see yourself? And you can only see yourself in a particular way through another person's eyes because you yourself is is making yourself vulnerable or you yourself also have that doubt. You need to question yourself as to when someone says something to you or blames you or does something, you need to question that. Is it just them saying it or do I actually believe it? And my reactions and my response to it, is it why? Am I getting defensive? Why? Because I actually believe in it. Has it actually shaken something? Is it my, you know, something that they've actually, you know, eluded in me that's already within me mm. or something that's a value that, you know, I've experienced from my past? And you don't know all of these things. And that's why you need to t- talk to people when you're going through any sort of trauma, any sort of thing that makes you uncomfortable in life that you're having to tolerate, you dislike. But we tolerate for too long. We tolerate depression, we tolerate sadness, we tolerate relationships which are bad for way too long. And we don't talk about it, we don't turn to people, and we turn when we do, we turn to the wrong people as well. Our families are there to support, yes, but they do not have the trained mindset and they have that biasness, they have the judgment, and they're obviously going to take sides. It's not necessarily the best place to be, even with friends. Even my friends, I really am so critical as to what I allow in my space or not. Because, you know, at the end of the day, they have their point of view, but I know how to deal with that now. But even at the beginning, it was very difficult. And that journey was three months after finding out that we were ended, that I took on the journey of coaching. So it was very early on and I was put in a spot where I was going through so many emotions and I had to be on autopilot for the sake of my children. People didn't even realize I was going through what I was going through because I had to put on a face. I had to just do things. They gave me my drive. They gave me my motivation. Even if I didn't feel like it, I had to get up. I had to do things because it was all on me. And they gave me that. And even if I didn't like it, I didn't want it. I just had to do it. So they are 
basically, you know, people don't realize what children give you. They give you that meaning, that purpose. So why throw it back on them where they have to hate another parent just because of what you went through? I could have said, well, he made a promise for life and he didn't do this and he could have done that and whatever, whatever. People change as well. You have to understand that people change and you've got to accept it. If I'm, I'm talking from ego, then I am feeling entitled. As much as he's given me a promise, people change. For whatever reason that is, he has changed and I have to accept it. And it's really humbling for me to be in that position as well, to sort of like, you know, draw myself back to sort of say like, this is not about me anymore. This is about a bigger picture and this is about the future. And this is, even if it's about me to a certain extent, I gotta, I gotta prioritize what's more important. My feelings, my kids' feelings, the whole, you know, environment and how I had to be. And I had my parents' support, my dad in particular, my, my mom, you know, we come from a very strong-minded, positive sort of, you know, family as well, which, you know, in a way has built my character. Um, so there's lots of, you know, factors that are involved. But I would advise anybody who's going through any sort of adversity, especially divorce, you do need to seek professional help. You do need to seek some sort of advice and some sort of guidance so that you can actually sort out things. Because there's always something that you have, could have done better or learn from. And believe me, when you go into something different, you will not take that baggage with you. It's interesting, like w w what you just said about um, seeking professional help or whatever yeah. else. I remember before getting married, so we, we did a podcast. I'm going to shout out a previous podcast episode with uh, Abbas Marani. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the title of the podcast, I think, was Four Core Reasons Why Marriages Break Down. Can't remember those four reasons. You'd have to listen to the podcast if you want to <laughs> uh, find those. But... Um, how, how I got to know him and, and, and the work that he does specifically in this area is that he, in his house with his wife, they host a, a kind of pre-marriage course. course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and on that course, and I, I must have mentioned on that podcast, but it's been a few years, so I'll retell the story. Um, there was an exercise where, where you and your, your, your future spouse, you're basically sat back to back and you're given a piece of, you're giving Lego pieces, exactly the same pieces. And you have to build something and communicate to your spouse exactly mm -hmm. what you're doing and get them to build the same thing without them seeing what you're doing. Um, and I remember we did this exercise and I was like, I'm very meticulous. I, li I like communicating. So I was like, okay, you do this. And then I did this, whatever. We turned around and what she had made was completely different from what I had made. And I was like, I couldn't have been clearer. Um, but the lesson obviously you learn from that is even when you think you're being so clear and, and, yeah. and you, you know exactly what yeah. you're doing, often it's not being communicated right and what that and there was various other kind of exercises and, and like things where you find out the love languages and yeah you know, of all of that kind yeah. of stuff but you you with that there's lessons that i've taken that have lasted for like the duration of my marriage where like i've realized oh yeah so you know certain things my wife likes or doesn't like and these are things that i found out on that day mm -hmm. eight whatever years ago i don't know how long it's been but yeah. but it, it just goes to show that even though you think you know somebody and you've been speaking for so long yes. and, and you've fallen in love and whatever else, there's still so much that you don't necessarily know about them and that you, you can unlock and learn through, as you say, with professional help or going on courses or kind of learning yeah. to actually understand your partner and your marriage. And I think that's, for me, I think quite key and important that people kind of it is good to do the premarital courses and it's good to see things but again i don't think that that's what it really is core down to honestly i'm not trying to say that we shouldn't do it it's good to help us to learn each other's languages but you really don't know 
Because, you know, when you get down deep into an individual's past Mm -hmm. and if they dealt with their stuff because they can learn these techniques and they can go through it. But if they've got something deep and dark within them Mm -hmm. that they themselves have not dealt with, that you cannot see and they themselves don't know over time, that can come back and there can be a trigger. You know, they can have an early midlife crisis. But I guess that that's that for me, at least that's like the the constant risk, let's say. Of course, that is with anyone or anything. Right. Of course. But we need to be open. But it's not just that. I think it more comes down to values and it comes down to your belief systems and it comes down to and all that communication and all that skill that you learn can help understand each other. But then you can also sometimes try and one up on each other. There was a point where he was doing a personal development course and I wasn't. And at the end of the day, you know, he wanted me to do it, but it was for me to be in a particular level, but it wasn't about that because that wasn't our issue. That wasn't our problem. Okay. We just had different values and core beliefs at that time, which he went on, did another decision and I went on another way, you know, and it just is what it is. Mm. So I understand that. And that is so core to have, but I think it really does come down back to, you know, certain individuals have you know, weaknesses and they have certain, you know, types of triggers in their life that comes from their, maybe their own parents and their own upbringing, and their own values and how they were brought up. I think that's more to do with it than anything. Mm-hmm. And if they've dealt with it, because certain things in life, I feel that, you know, you have to either break a cycle and we repeat cycles, just like when people are abused or bullied is because they've seen it and they'll do it again, even if they know it's wrong, if they haven't dealt with it. So it's what he's seen, what I've seen, and if I've broken, if I've dealt with it, if I've done certain things, even with all the techniques, because we are adults, we have to be accountable. We know as Muslims as well, we can't blame and we can't say anything because we have to be accountable. Why? Because we have to take the responsibility ourselves to learn what does it mean for us to be here? What is our values? Because when we go in that grave and we're going to be answered on judgment day, it's not because, oh, you know, she was this way and it's her to blame or he was that way. We have to be accountable. So you need to know as an individual to be strong enough to constantly strive to do certain things, make certain choices because you are in certain positions in life that you have to do certain things. And yes, everyone has choices, but there are consequences for your choices. And if you're willing to do that and understand those consequences and live by it, then you will think differently. So it's, it's, it's a whole array of things. I help people, yes, with those same techniques that you've mentioned, but I think it's more about understanding yourself and having that awareness and who you are. And if both people are together willing to fight and willing to want to make it work, no matter how different they are, no matter how different on surface or even certain, even different sort of outlooks on life, that doesn't matter. It's just about wanting something bad enough and not willing to give up. I'm not someone that gives up and I'm not someone that, you know, backs down. I'm fiery, feisty, and a fighter. Sometimes that serves me, sometimes that doesn't. But at the same time, um, that builds you because, you know, you've got something in life to give. And if you've got an individual that doesn't match you like that, or they give up, or they're weak in certain areas, doesn't matter how good they are, doesn't matter how much they can read me, doesn't matter how much we can, you know, have fun and laugh and joke, it's not going to work. There's much more than that, much more. Fair enough. Um, it's boot camp when you come to my coaching classes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just to, to, to kind of conclude, um, I, I wanted to ask you, um, I guess if you have any uh, thoughts or advice, um, and I think specifically because chances are 
that people, uh, it sounds a bit grim, but you know, the, the way that divorce rates generally are, are on the rise in society, people mm-hmm. will either go through a divorce firsthand or will know somebody who has. Yeah. Um, how, how do you think people should respond to that situation? I think more externally rather than internally, because I think internally there's a lot of, as you said, like trauma and loads of things to kind of deal with. But externally, in terms of the support network and the family and friends, what's what's important for uh, those people to do when it comes to relationships and and helping, I guess, someone who has been through that kind of situation? Don't change the friendship. It's really important to maintain those friendships. And if you are, you know, having gatherings and outings, because a lot of girls go out and they invite each other, don't stop that invitation. You know, invite them. It doesn't matter if two in-laws are together or whatever it is, they have to be respectful regardless and they have to be put in these situations Mm. and don't take sides in that way, especially if you are not that close. And even if you are close, you can still have good relationships and be cordial. Um, You know, I understand if it's a family gathering, it's a family gathering, but if it's, you know, just friends and if it's like, you know, some sort of like, you know, we have majlis in the house, we have, you know, things going on or whatever it may be, there is no harm in having that person there. Um, And especially when you know the children are going to be there to see it. Because it's not about me, it's not about the other person. It really is to do with the children. And if you really do care, and if you are you know, living your faith and your belief, you think about what's important. And those innocent children did not ask to be born. They did not ask to be lived in a particular way. They didn't ask to be in a, in a family where they, you know, where everyone knows, even in the animal kingdom, that it's mom, dad, and a unit, and it should remain. And if it doesn't remain, don't make it worse than what it should be. That's how I feel. And if external people and outsiders see it in that way, Mm -hmm. then they will actually have a different sort of compassion and empathy and understanding with dealing with people. You don't need to pity anyone. They are no threat to you. Even if it was exactly even their fault, it doesn't matter. That's a different scenario. You can still continue this, you know, the the relationship and the friendship and the support is there. If you even were to reach out one-on-one and say, look, I'm here for you. Um, And just continue going out and doing stuff together because it's really important to have people around you. And that's what people find really the worst is that they're outcasted. There's so many women that because they're divorced that, you know, just outcasted completely, completely mm-hmm. from entire societies and, you know, uh, things that happen in, in life, which it doesn't just take away from that person. It most importantly, it takes away from those children's experiences. And it's really, it's, it's really not necessary at all. No, I, I think, um, you're right and especially when it comes to like we said earlier just that the the reception that that people receive i guess upon divorce and how they're perceived and dealt with in society for me is hugely problematic and something that needs to change um like we said right at the beginning from from an, an islamic perspective we know that divorce is not desirable yeah right but at the same time we know that pragmatically it does happen but what does that mean when you say divorce is not desirable Mm. but at the same time um it's it's one party that wants it what do you do then Mm. do you understand even if it's not desirable two parties make a marriage and if one party doesn't want that marriage Mm. then why should you know everyone put it on that individual but, but, but like you said right from from the outset it's all about how we the mindset and, and, and wanting for it to, to last and to work. And, you know, I like when we talk about um, people and you said that, you know, there are couples who are separated, but are still are trying to kind of come together. Yeah. I know of couples that have dealt with 
very extreme circumstances and have managed to make it work because yeah. both of them are willing to exactly and want to kind of do that right um but but as i said like the the, the conversation how we were framing today's discussion was looking at beyond divorce and, and like at the point okay this has now happened um and for me i i still think and like why i wanted to have this conversation was because i want to be able to normalize and even for me like talking about this it's, it, it's a bit uncomfortable yeah because it's not a, it's, it's not a common thing you want to be you want to kind of be discussing but as i said there's an inevitability yeah. that there will be divorces and you will know people that have been through this and whatever else and i think for me at least that the takeaway has been that it's important um especially when there are kids involved to kind of show the kids and, and for, for their yeah. sake um be as kind of supportive as possible to the the couple in question and whatever else um and and i guess not shy away from it right and yeah. and, and, and not yeah. as you said like, i think even when it comes to you know offering a, a hand of support fr- from within yourself that needs to be done not in pity but in genuine care and concern exactly. and not because you're like oh you feel sorry for them and, and exactly. so on so on And and I guess that's the difficulty, right? I don't know why even people feel sorry because a lot of people that come out of divorce, when you see them, especially women, they're thriving. <laughs> they really are. They really are. And now you have to look at how it is actually evolved even where women are doing, um, if not the same, but more than even a man and looking after the children at the mm. same time, majority of the time and doing it. And it's not just about being bringing finance into the house. It's about bringing that holistic environment in that household where they can actually maintain and manage their children so much better. And they look so much better themselves, not having to consider a husband too. There's many, you know, things that happen with women nowadays that when they realize that actually, you know what, um, I'm actually okay and it's actually not a bad thing and other people look at them and I think more it's the fear and the intimidation as to why women are now divorced and actually coming out a lot better. So again, we have to also highlight that, you know what, there isn't any sort of stigma really. It's just a stupid you know, old mindset and this sort of backward way of thinking and this tradition that doesn't really even come from any sort of religion. It's just a very old-fashioned culture that even today's generations have. And again, I love family and I love the unit, but if it's not there, it's not going to make me or break me. Mm-hmm. I can still create a fantastic home with amazing mindset, children and myself and good relationships still with the ex or whatever it may be. And no issues. So it really depends how your take on it is. And you can still have that sort of like feeling that you don't um, accept what has happened, but you can respect that we have moved on and we have come to a different place and there's a different understanding. But I think we hold on to a lot as well. And we, you know, make it so much more expandable and, you know, unnecessary than what it really is because we haven't dealt with our stuff. No, definitely. But um, I just wanted to thank you for, no, for coming in and, and sharing and opening up, I guess, um, about this topic. As I said, like, I, I think it's hugely important that and, and I, I want to be able to normalize these kind of conversations. The, pur- the purpose of the podcast is to be able to kind of do this. And as I mentioned to you, we're hoping, um, might as well say this on the podcast now, <laughs> uh, to get Habiba Kande in All right, um, right. with another guest talking about uh I, I, sex in in yeah. marriage and and whatever which else. i beat you to it as well which yeah i, I, I did realize so like, <laughs> i guess just to kind of um, clear that one up so you, you you had him on your show yeah british muslim tv yes, uh, yes. what's the show called 
Single Muslim Live because I'm the relationship coach of singlemuslim.com. Single Muslim Live, yeah. yeah. So you, you definitely did beat me to it. But um, <laughs> so so we're gonna have Habib on, and and as I said, like with with the podcast specifically, um, it, it's it's about having conversations that are at times a little bit more difficult that you know even put myself out of my own comfort zone yeah because i i think we we need to have spaces where we can have these conversations right um so out of curiosity what was the feeling of uncomfortable that you had speaking about divorce i i don't usually get asked questions on my own podcast i know i'm just curious (laughs) because it is Um, part of it because you are the other side yeah yeah no the look the other side for me I think it's it's a case of like I I mentioned it I kind of phrased it in a question earlier but you know when you're there's someone who's been through something and especially something okay. traumatic whether it be a death or whatever I I never know what's going on through that in their own head and I don't want to kind of if they find some sort of equilibrium I don't want to set them off by saying something or or, or trigger them into kind so of, what would you do normally would you actually step back or would you actually come towards them it really depends on on the on the person the, the relationship, relationship that i have mm-hmm. but I, I mean like what i what i always try and do and this is the thing like this is where me and my wife constantly kind of disagree mm-hmm. so i i like to try and tell people either through my actions or through words that you know i'm there for you if you need yeah. me whatever let me know but i won't go a step beyond and like proactively like make them some food and take it to their house. Fair enough. Whereas my wife is more like, oh no, let, let me go the extra mile yeah. in, in, in the in the case that they maybe want to reach out or whatever. Right. And, and... But I both is good because both is at least reaching out at some point. I, I was going to say, like obviously you yeah. have to kind of do your yeah. duty and, yeah. and let people know that you're kind yeah. of there. Um, but it's just a kind of difference in style. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, I, I, I like people to think, that, okay, I'm accessible. Like feel free to reach out. I'm happy to have a conversation. And I found that does happen, like people, not necessarily through divorce or whatever, but when people are going through stuff, if they feel they can trust me, exactly. they're, they're, they're willing and happy to have that conversation. But yeah, I, I think that the takeaway is that, and like something I've learned as well, in, like just in the course of life, as I said, I've, I've now hit the wisdom years post 30. Um, but one thing I've realized is that it, it's about, for me at least, it's about taking one step more than you naturally would, because it's very easy to just retract and be like, oh, you know what? Exactly I, the point. I, I'm just going to live. You but both, actually, yeah. You have to just push yourself a little bit yeah. and extend the kind of olive branch or whatever it might be to extend a hand to somebody. And if they want to hold the hand, they will. If not, then that's okay. But you need to be available, right? But that's people, you know, they either sit on the fence or they want to keep it comfortable because they just feel it's awkward. And even though you felt awkward, you reached out mm. to even whatever extent that is, yeah, it's yeah. still reaching out. And that's what people need to understand that they still need to be available. At whatever point you need to be available, but holding back completely, it really does make the other person even more uncomfortable. Mm. So that's another I, I good takeaway. Just, to, I guess, just to give like an example. So, like um, in the past, when I, I know friends that have had uh, bereavements or family members who are very ill, right? You know they're going through a lot. You don't want to be calling them and asking how are you, is everything okay, whatever. But I'd always send a couple of messages just to check in and be like. Listen, if you need anything, let yeah. me know. Like, this isn't a courtesy thing. I'm like, genuinely, if you need me to go pick up food, whatever, I'm, I'm happy to kind of do that. And then I think when it's appropriate, I'll try and make a phone call or a message saying, are you free to chat? Like, let me know. Um, and, and that's where, like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be a burden in their life as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to kind of inject yourself where you're not wanted. I think with the divorce, it's more about people coming in because it's either also coming in with some form of judgment. 
Mm. Whereas with bereavement, it's more it's, like having some sympathy. sort of like sympathy, empathy. Yeah. So there's a different side of it. So it depends on the person that you are, firstly. Yeah. And I said everyone, everyone, whether you're going through something or not, has to look within themselves. And when you look within yourselves, that's what brings out the character within you and how you treat other people and the choices you make. Very simple for me. That's how it works out. I think I think we should end it there. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> thank you we very could much. go on. <laughs> we could, we could. But thank you very much for coming. I really You're appreciate welcome. It, it was a pleasure. Time. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Fahima. Um, I hope uh, you found it interesting. And I think for me, definitely, it, it, it was quite an experience, I guess, talking to someone firsthand who's been through divorcing in quite a direct way because often like like we discussed right societally you'll know that oh this person's been divorced or their parents are divorced or whatever else but it's always a little bit touchy and you don't want to ask questions and you don't want to pry and you don't want to pity as well um but i think for me some of the takeaways were around how we should respond and how we should uh i guess be there for the people in our lives who have been through something like this or are going through something like this um and and being able to kind of Uh, lend a hand of support and also I think not just the flash in the pan type thing so you know initially after something has happened like this there's often a lot of people rally around um, individuals but then as time goes on it's like oh yeah you know that's that's past now that little drama Um, but obviously there's like lives that have been altered forever ultimately Um, and and so there's like a need for for us as a community I think to, to just be more mindful and aware of, of of people in those kinds of situations and to support them ultimately. Um, but yeah, thank you guys very much for tuning in uh, to another TMV podcast. If you're listening on the Apple podcast app thingy, um, if you could give us a five star rating, that would be great. Um, and we will hopefully be back next week, I want to say. Um, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, let's see. I, as I said, I've, I've got a bunch that need to, to be booked in, but it's like I, there's a couple where I have a lot of reading to do beforehand, um, and it's finding the time to kind of do all of that. That's a struggle. But anyway, thank you guys very much, and we'll be back again soon. Uh, take care, and uh, you know, as, as unfortunately we have this new spike in um, COVID cases in the UK at least, and I'm sure elsewhere in the world. Do try and stay safe.